0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is John Morrow. He is, as far as I know, one of the original copy blogger, probably still today one of the most popular copy blogger writers and uh, left there as an associate editor, has uh, his own business in many, many ways uh, that started with Boost Blog Traffic, but uh, has uh, transitioned to a new name, Smart Blogger. So maybe we'll talk a little about that today. And I want to get into a couple new ventures that he has going as well. So, John, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So so how did you connect with uh, with Brian at Copyblogger?
1: So I was originally one of his students. Oh, okay. Uh, I signed up for... a a course he had he had called teaching cells
0: yeah i remember that i i think i contributed a couple lessons somewhere in there
1: yeah yeah and um i I went through and i was really active in their forum over there yeah and so brian just asked me one day hey would you like to write an article for us and uh, i was overjoyed and I, i wrote um an article and it was fairly well received and I wrote another and another and eventually it turned into a full-time job after I don't know I think just about six months
0: so what give me a time frame on this what was this around 2006 or 7 or something like that maybe yeah somewhere around there okay yeah so you had, uh, taking that class, uh, you had a whole other career or maybe several careers, but one that I'm aware of in the real estate business before getting into blogging. So how does somebody go from real estate to blogging?
1: Yeah, it, it, it happened with a car crash ah. it is the way it happened for me. So um, I was actually out and about doing real estate appointments and um, a, a guy plowed into me going 85 miles an hour. And um the, the the short story is I mean I ended up in the hospital for about six months, had eighteen broken bones. Mm. Um and while I was recovering, I mean I'd been a real estate executive, I had been very successful. I'd helped build we we the company was valued at about fifty million dollars. Uh and, and I helped take it from like five million to fifty mm-hmm. million while I was there. Um but um i just wasn't happy i just wasn't happy um so but but i felt like you know this is the only way to make the money that i need but after that accident it really put things in perspective for me and it made me realize that it didn't matter how much money i was making that if i wasn't enjoying my life if i wasn't doing something that i felt like really mattered to me um then then it was it was all in a vanity um so so i actually went in and i i resigned and i didn't have a plan really Uh, all i knew is that that i i really liked writing and i was interested in this whole blogging thing um and i thought you know maybe i could teach some online courses because i'd always wanted to be a teacher uh I have a degree in English literature, and I actually got my teaching certificate and um when I got a job in real estate um when i graduated i had, i had a job offer for like twenty six thousand dollars a year to be an english teacher or my starting salary in real estate was a hundred and twenty right um straight out of college <laughs> and i I took the higher salary um but i'd always loved to teach i'd always loved to write um so i got into blogging and um started a, a site called on money making it was a personal finance site mm. and um it got nominated for uh, the best business money blog in the world like within 30 days of being of being started and i mean i i got hundreds of thousands of visitors And, uh, I started signing up for courses and figured it out. I mean, it was, it was rough for a few years. I was broke, you know, Mm -hmm. during the transition. Um, but, um, once I started it, I realized I was on to something I was really good at.
0: Yeah, and, you've, and you, you've done something that I think has, you know, in hindsight, I, I suppose, um, has really been the secret to a lot of people making money these days. And that is you built a community and then kind of figured out what do they need <laughs> um, as opposed to here's my product.
1: I'm going to try to find somebody who needs it. Yeah, I think that's one of the big shifts that's going on in entrepreneurship right now. And and I think it's fabulous. Is for, for years, people viewed marketing a- as a way of getting people to buy what you already have. And it's like the job is the, of the marketer is to go out there and, and to sell my thing, whatever it is. Um, where now people are realizing it's more about the, the job of the marketer is to find out, number one, what people really, really want to buy. Um, and that, that's where blogs are great. It is it opens up a, a conversation with people all over the world and you can learn more about your customer than than you maybe could in any other way.
0: This episode of the duct tape marketing podcast is brought to you by my friends at FreshBooks, I have loved this tool for a really long time. Uh, It is super intuitive, makes creating, sending invoices really simple. You know you gotta collect the cash, you gotta keep track of the expenses, and you gotta collect the cash. That's really what it comes down to uh, in your finances. FreshBook takes about 30 seconds to set it up. You can personalize it for your brand, and your clients can now start paying you online, which for many people can speed up getting paid. You'll know whether or not they opened up an invoice. Really, really great tool for creating invoices. But it does a heck of a lot more. Uh, Obviously, that's one of the key features. But you can also track your expenses and put them into categories so that all of a sudden the the bookkeeping and accounting stuff gets a lot easier. Of course, there's a mobile app. You can track cash flow so that you know when to expect money coming in. Time tracking. If you're doing uh, any invoicing or projects uh, that are hourly based, you can just put it right into FreshBooks. So here's the thing you need to know. Is that if you are a person that uh, really does not like the numbers, uh, maybe especially if you're one of those people, FreshBooks is offering a month of unrestricted use to all Duct Tape Marketing listeners. It's totally free right now, and you don't even need a credit card to get started. Just go to freshbooks.com/slash duct tape. Anyone who has met you, and again, I don't know how much you publicly discuss this, but obviously anyone who has met you uh, will will quickly find out that you are confined to a wheelchair for a lot Uh of your activity. Um, And I wonder, I think it's pretty easy for people to say, well, gosh, look, you know, what are the challenges that you overcame? But I'd like to spin that around and ask, do you think
1: that presented any opportunities? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it... it I always tell people I'm the last person in the world you should feel sorry for. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, in some ways, my my disability is a huge advantage, mm. and I think that's where a lot of people really miss it. When, when, if you have a particular challenge, there are almost always as many advantages mm. built into it as there are disadvantages. I mean, for for me, it really helped focus my life on the small number of things I can do. Um, And that was a huge advantage. And I mean, there are all kinds of other, I don't have to wait in line at the DMV. (laughs) Um, I don't ever have to do laundry. Um, You know, people are always doing things for me happily. Um, So yeah, I I think there are advantages. And the other big advantage is the story. Hmm. Just the story that I can tell. Yeah. About how blogging gave me a voice, yeah. um, that's, that's attracted millions of people to me that, that might have not been interested otherwise. <laughs>
0: And and, and just from a perspective of a writer, I think a lot of people think people sit down and they just start pecking away or they start writing away. And I think that a really good writer is somebody that has heightened senses, heightened curiosity, reads a lot. And so, you know, I wonder how some of the things that, like you said, you were able to do really actually uh, informed and built your ability to write.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I I exist uh, because I'm not able to move very much. So, I mean, just to let everyone know, I, I have a type of muscular dystrophy. And, um, I mean, it's progressive, and it, through my life I've been able to move less and less as I get older. And and now it's to the point where pretty much all I can move is my face, and that's about it. Um, and because of that, I, I've learned... I, I exist almost entirely in the mental world. Yeah. Um, I mean, my my connection... To the physical things in life is is pretty weak um, because I, I can't really interact very very much with the environment. So what that means is I spend way more time thinking than your than your average person, and that gives me a constant flow of new ideas and new perspectives and new examples. Um, and and I think that that type of that the amount of thinking that I've done is really made that's one of the things that's made my writing um stand out to people
0: well and I think that um, one of the um <clears throat> things that uh, you and I spent some time in Austin recently and, and one of the uh comments that you made um ab- about your writing uh was that you start with a target emotion when you sit down and I think that I guess the preface that is that you know, the best writing makes you feel something. It makes you uh-huh. you know, want to get mad or, or cry or do and I think a lot of your blog posts certainly are are not passive in that way emotionally. And so um tell me a little bit about that practice and maybe how that started and, and how you bring that into a real practical sense when if I'm a blogger sitting down there thinking, I want to impact people, I want to influence people.
1: Yeah, I mean so it started with with working with Copyblogger, um, one of the first assignments, Brian Clark, who's the, the founder of Copyblogger, and new rainmaker now. I mean, they've gone on to all kinds of things. Um, the One of the first assignments he gave me was to start writing. Uh, he told me, I want you to write 100 headlines a day for different blog posts. And I want you to study and really get good at these. So I did. And I came back to him in a, in a month with 3,000 headlines. And he said, You know, I never really expected you to do it, you know, every day. No one is, I, I've told a whole bunch of people to do that, but nobody's ever done it. And doing that, I noticed that certain headlines made me feel something. And those are the ones that grabbed my attention. Um, and that I, I felt like rather than focusing on the topic, first. What you should think about first is the way you want the reader to feel. Then choose your topic and then dive into your writing. And if you do that, the the results are um, a lot more powerful and memorable to people because they, they felt something. You know, and, and what's
0: so hard about that too is because I think a lot of people say, okay, great. I want people to feel inspired, you know, but then it feels very manipulative, as opposed to authentic.
1: And so, I think there is an art to that, isn't there? There is. I mean, the the most authentic way to do it, the the way that I do it, is I think you have to actually get yourself into the state yeah, right. that you want the reader to be in. Yeah. Break, so when, break
0: some things if you're you know going to be pissed off, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I,
1: there have been like if 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 I want to get people angry. And by the way, there are some legitimate times. If, if your audience has something that's holding them back yeah, right, right. Um, they should be angry at whatever that is. Yeah. And so pointing that out and deliberately making people angry is a good thing to do. Um, it, it's beneficial to them is what I'm saying. So so what I do is whenever I sit down to write and I picked out that target emotion, um, I, I will figure out you know how can I get myself into the state? Uh, for me, you know sometimes it's uh I like watching um you know clips on YouTube of different things oh, yeah. um and um where I'll read a particular a particular passage of a book where I'll think about a particular memory and it's it's a lot like i guess probably what actors do mm-hmm. um and get myself into that state and I get myself to where it's the emotion is so strong that i just can't hold it anymore and then i dump it out onto the page
0: you you mentioned uh a, a, you know a lot of people have bought into this idea of content and unfortunately you know for some people that means you know 500 kind of wispy words about something um and you talked about uh, when we were together the this and you've written a blog post about these 4d's um, that that you really uh, the the content that really gets consumed and shared and visited and linked to, you know, has to be you know, one of these four. And I'll, I'll remind you in case you don't remember what the D's were. But it's depth, data, drama, and design.
1: Yeah, yeah. So one of the things everyone everyone is publishing content these days. Um, everyone is writing blog posts, and we're all competing for the same attention. And so the question is, how is your content superior to everything else being published out there? And, and those four Ds are four ways to stand out. Um, you can either go deeper than everyone else, um, which, which usually means going longer. Yeah. Um, longer content, by the way, historically, gets more traffic than shorter content. That's one of those counterintuitive things. Um, you can have interesting data, you can have a beautiful design, or you can have drama. You can make people feel more than, than any other, uh, anyone else, which is the one that, that I'm kind of the best at. Um, so yeah, those are the, the four ways that I know of to, to stand out.
0: So you already mentioned headlines and I was going to talk about that because I think, you know you certainly weren't the first person to say that the headline is eighty percent of of the success of, of a post I mean people have been saying that in ad copy and you know every every way in which people try to influence for years so how today I mean is there an art to this are there just people who can write headlines in their sleep or you know how does somebody who who wants to stand out and realizes that that that's an important part how do they get better at writing headlines
1: uh, I think there are a few different pieces of it. Number one is realizing how incredibly powerful they are. I mean, there have been scientific studies into, into this yeah. um, to where a headline, just changing the headline, can change the traffic by by like 50 times. So we're talking like a, one headline might get 100 visitors while another one gets 5,000, and it's the exact same article. Mm-hmm. Um, so just realizing that power... And committing to spend the time to, to find a good headline. Um, I mean, beyond that, the second piece, I think, is studying successful headlines. Right. So there are great tools like BuzzSumo mm-hmm. um, that allow you to see content that's getting shared a lot. And I, I think using those tools to find the most popular content in your space and then studying that, that can teach you a lot. And then the third one is is just spending a lot of time writing headlines. Um, the, the reason why I'm as good as, at them as I am now is is not because I have any magic power, I don't think. It's, it's just because of that, that exercise that Brian Clark told me to do mm-hmm. of 100 a day. I continued that practice. I got so much from it after doing it for 30 days. I continued doing that for for two years. So what that means is in a year, I mean, 365 days. And by the way, I did that seven days a week. I never took a day off. Um, And I got, I mean, 365 days would be what? I mean, that's like, what, 36,000 headlines Mm -hmm. in a a year? And I did that for two years? (laughs) Um, So I've just written more headlines than than hardly anybody. So I think it's just the practice and the repetition. Once you've studied them, you get better and better. Either just just like anything else.
0: Do you test headlines um, or use? You know, there are some tools out there that will actually show your content uh, headline in an A B style.
1: Do you do anything of that nature? We've experimented with some of that, um, but but here's what I found with headline testing. Um, generally, when whenever we've we've done headline tests. The the difference between two headlines that I think may work well is pretty small, and and usually if there's a winner, um, I can almost always pick it for my audience, um, and and usually to me it's obvious mm-hmm. which one is going to win. Um, so I haven't seen a huge benefit mm-hmm. of that to us. Now I know for for other companies, um, you know like Upworthy and and Buzzfeed. They do a ton of that, and they've been very, very successful. So maybe I'm just not doing it right. I, I don't know. But it, it hasn't been huge for us. Yeah, that's
0: probably uh, the difference between kind of your content and theirs is I think you're writing for a, a community around a pretty set topic. They're writing for everything under the sun for yeah. a very broad demographic. Yeah, they are. Um, so that's probably part of it. Um, one of the things that – of course, I get asked all the time, of course, is now that I'm writing content, how do I get more traffic? Um, you wrote a blog post not too long ago, maybe a couple months ago, um, that, uh, suggested that that might actually be the wrong question.
1: Yeah, I think that, that, that number one, um, that, the, the first question should be that how many people really care about what I'm writing about? Yeah. Is there a, is there a passionate community? Cause by the way, if you write about topics that people are really excited about, um, It's fairly easy to get traffic at that point. Um, So if you're really struggling, if you're doing everything everyone's saying to do and you're not getting traffic, you really need to look at what you're writing about and and ask yourself, how many people really care about this? And then beyond that, I think the bigger question, too, is engagement. Um, If someone comes to your website and they just look around for five seconds and they leave that doesn't really do you any good. Um, wh- what you want is for someone to to have an emotional connection to you, to, to create that bond. And so when you get them on your site and you start to build that connection, um, th- that's where the real value comes from. So, I mean, we do measure our traffic, but it's only one of the things mm-hmm. we look at. I'm much more interested in you know, click-through rates on emails and comments. And, um, you know, what are we hearing from the community? Um, that that tells me a lot more than actual traffic stats.
0: So a lot of my readers are would not call themselves bloggers. Uh, they would not necessarily, I mean, they don't have courses that they're trying to sell online. They're you know, they they are insurance agents and attorneys and plumbers and people sure. that that realize that content is you know a big part of the game for attracting people, but it's it's certainly just one part of their business. Um, do you have any tips for folks that 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 see this and realize they need to be producing more content, better content? Uh, but boy, it's really time consuming. How do you know? How do we get this all done?
1: Uh, I think for for the majority of businesses out there content that the purpose of content isn't so much it, it's not great at attracting new customers for the majority of businesses there there are some businesses that it that it works for um, but like if I were an attorney and, and I were writing content my focus would be using that content to build trust with people who were already connected to me mm-hmm. so I would look at it more like a newsletter, but that it's just on my website type of thing. Um, So, and I think that simplifies things. Um, I mean, SEO and all of those things, search engine optimization, you know, all of that can be valuable. But I think if you focus on building trust more than anything else, that's the key. And I think what that means is if that's all you're trying to do, then number one, you don't have to write as much.
0: Right.
1: I mean, I think if you send out something once a month, one really good article that, that builds people's trust in you, um, I, I think that that's really, that's plenty. That's plenty.
0: Yeah, and that's actually a, a theme that I'm hearing more and more. You know, there was a point when a lot of people got into blogging. It was like, oh, no, you you need to blog every day. And uh, I, I think that quality is now trumping quantity, uh, I mean, pretty significantly. And, and I think the 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 advice is you know write better stuff less frequently
1: yeah exactly i mean what what i do i mean what we do with our sites is um we only publish one post a week and we only publish things that we really truly believe in that are really really good if it's not the best thing ever published on that topic we don't want to publish it that that's the bar that we've set pretty high bar. Um, yeah. And, and that's worked out well for us. So, um, I meant to
0: ask you, uh, uh, earlier in the interview, but, uh, I'll, I'll ask you now you're working on a new project, uh, that is not necessarily about blogging or online traffic. You want to talk about the,
1: uh, your, your upcoming project. Yep. Yeah. So, um, we're, we're actually going to be launching a self-improvement site th- this year. Um, I, I won't unveil the domain name just yet, that, that, but the we are going to be branching out and and starting a new a new blog in that space. Um, and, and that's really just a reflection on what we've been hearing from people. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I love te- teaching people about blogging. Um, I'm extremely passionate about it. But what I've also learned is that with my with my story, mm-hmm. um, people also look at me as a as a source of of inspiration, and there are a lot of things I can talk about to help people beyond just blogging. Um, and the the posts that I've written that do have a self-improvement angle have gone viral and and gotten millions of visitors. Um, so just looking at those two things. Um. yeah, we're, we're, we're branching off into that space. And, you know, the, the hope is to be one of the biggest self-improvement sites in the world w- within a few years.
0: So for today, people can find you at smartblogger.com. Is there anywhere else you want to send people? Nope, that's okay. the right place to go Awesome. Well John, this was great uh, I, I know of your work We've bumped into each other in early days of Copyblogger But uh, um, getting to meet you in person was great And uh, I don't know why it took me so long to have you on the show But uh, hopefully we'll bump out into you out there on the road again soon
1: Yeah man, I enjoyed it Thanks for having me